Everybody, welcome back to the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. Tracy, how was your holiday? It was wonderful. Got to see my grandmother, you know, that's important to me, and the rest of my family. But I was only there for three days and two nights. I can't stay long, okay? <laughs> you did stay long. So what else, what else happened during our hiatus between Season 2 and Season 3? Anything interesting to share? Yeah, I got a new car. Congratulations, uh, that's all. I got a new car, um, and I'm working on... Uh, Doom Patrol on the DC Universe. On so, Doom Patrol with yeah. DC Universe. You know, I'm actually, as you know, an avid comic book reader, and I followed Doom Patrol for a very long time. And so, of course, Harley Quinn's in Doom Patrol, yeah. Joker is in Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. A lot of villains yeah. make up that team. So, uh, this new role that you have, can you talk about it? I can't. I it's completely a, secret. I signed an NDA. Okay, um, is it a full-time, every-episode gig, or no, is it temporary? it's just this episode, but it's it's been amazing. It's a once-in-a-lifetime role, so I can't wait till I can actually talk about it. Talk and about I can't it. wait for us to see it. You can now talk about your film with Russell Crowe. Yes. Do we know anything more about when it's going to be released? It has not. Uh, that information hasn't been released, but yeah, look out for the Georgetown Project. It is a horror film. Uh, and I'm excited. It's my first horror film. So. I'm also excited because today we have joining us to kick off season three, Atlanta personality and rapper Nico Dwayne. Nico, welcome to the Three Plus One podcast, my Thank brother. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. So, Nico, are you an Atlanta native? No, um, I'm actually from Statesboro, Georgia, um, which is about three hours away from Atlanta. Um, you know, is that Bullock County? County? That's Bullock County. Bullock County. Yeah. Bullock County, Georgia Southern University, oh. man. Represent, you know, nine one two. So, you know, I'm here in Atlanta, man. I've been here for, I want to say, about five, five and a half years. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, been trying to get this music off the ground. So, was the was Atlanta the the thing that brought you here? Like the industry is here. Um, yeah. So in Statesboro, you know, we got a lot of talent in Statesboro, but not, you know, you can't really make it, you know, there because it's not, you know, a lot of music stuff going on around there. So, basically, you know, we all come here to Atlanta, man, to make the dream happen. You That's know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. So, what brought you or drew you into wanting to go into the entertainment industry, specifically being a rapper? Um, well, when I was young, um, I ain't have a good relationship with my pops, you know what I'm saying? So... I was probably like eight or nine years old. I got a phone call from him one day. He was like, man, what you want to do with your life? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I don't even know. He was like, man, you should try rapping. You know, that's in our blood, you know, music in our genes. So, you know, you should try that. And, you know, I uh, got with a bunch of friends and stuff, started doing it, writing music and stuff, man. It just stuck with me ever since. I've been doing it ever since. Wow. So since the age of nine years old, you have been writing lyrics, involved with music, rapping and taking it forward. Yes, sir. So when you say that music is in your genes, what do you mean? Um, so basically, like when I was in elementary school, I was in a course, um, you know, I had solos and things like that. Um, I played the trumpet, you know, um, in middle school, um, you know, did Can a lot of Can you still play the trumpet? No. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It's not, man. So it's you're not. musically inclined, though. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Love music. Any type of music can get me going. It's just, you know. Was your dad that. a rapper? Like um, he's actually um, a promoter for 730 Dipset. You know, he does a lot of bookings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, like, you know, it's there. 
you know? That's dope. So has your relationship grown with your father? It has. Uh, As of last year, you know, it's really gotten a lot stronger than it once was. But, you know, we're still working on that, you know, hoping to build from that. Always willing to grow. That's what I love. Definitely. So, since you, you, so that's something I think that's really important. One thing about our podcast is we really, for everyone who's listening to this, there's somebody out there who wants to do exactly what you're doing. And they want to know, what can I do to really get a career started in the music industry, perhaps even being a rapper? And you said you've been working at this since you were nine years old. Yes, sir. And so, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young budding artist about wanting to pursue their dream of being a rapper? Um, when you going for it, man, just stay consistent. You know, um, that's like the biggest thing in this game is consistency. You know, if your fans don't, you know, hear from you, they'll go find you from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I learned that from another guy who's helping me and mentoring me in the game. And it's really, you know, a fact, you know what I'm saying, that you have to stay consistent. You know, so don't just make it a hobby. You know what I'm saying? If you really want to do this, don't just make it a hobby. Really go hard for what you want. Thank you. Um, So, I mean, I I got a lot on my plate. So, you know, I try and spend as much time in the studio as I can just getting the music done. Um, I have an at-home studio. Um, That was a good investment for myself, you know, being that I have a family. And that's a good... So, there are two things I want to touch on. One, I want to go back, but not yet. I want to go back to what you stated about not giving up. And I want to talk about... Talk to my millennials, because that's what this podcast is about, because... Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of millennials give up quick. And a lot of millennials also don't want to put in the work to get out of their efforts, what's going to make their dream come true. But when you talk about a uh, at-home studio, was that something that was given to you or you have to pay for that and build it up for yourself over time? Um, Actually, so my at-home studio came from a little bit of both. I had uh, friends that believed in me. They was like, man, you're going to go somewhere with this one day. Here's a microphone. Here's some speakers, man, Um, you know, and I bought some stuff myself, you know, just to try and update everything, you know, and keep going. Um, So it it, it comes from a little bit of both, man. How much of an investment? So if I'm an uh, an aspiring, you know, rapper or any kind of musical artist and I want an at-home studio, how much of an investment do you think a person needs to have set aside in order to have a studio that's going to really be functional? Um, Okay, I know a lot of... uh, Cats that, you know, I grew up with, they they starting off now at like 350 bucks, you know, for a basic kit. The basic, the start. You can get, you can get uh-huh. microphones, you know, pop filters, everything you need, like, just to get going, you know. That's a basic kit, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> so, I want to take you back to your process, though. Um, like, you know how some rappers can go in the booth and just go off the dome or do right. right, like... Do you like writing? Yeah, I love writing. Um, So I love writing. Um, Actually, now I'm learning that, you know, a lot of times when you get in the studio, you have to be prepared. If you're not prepared, you need to be willing to go because your budget, you know, you got a budget to sit by or stand by. And, you know, so now I'm working on coming off of the dome with things, you know, punching in, you know, with songs and stuff like that, which, and what I'm learning is, it's less time consuming, you know, I might can do a whole song in 20, 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas it may take me an hour and 30 minutes to write a song because I'm paying attention to everything that I put into the song, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just going what I say, all right, I like that, or I don't like it, delete it, or, you know. So it's easier for you to just freestyle and then have it come together, edit it, and, and go your... 
song as opposed to sitting down, writing it out, playing right. it out, hashing it out. That takes a lot of skill. And I, I was listening to your music and you are just very polished. So just to be that polished and be able to go that comes from writing. Like, that comes from writing. So you start out with the yeah, writing. Definitely oh, started out writing. writing freestyle. So yeah. for young artists out there or maybe less experienced, you know, uh, aspiring rappers, they probably should start writing it out first to then start freestyle and not start tr- start trying to freestyle right. and figure it out. But I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, they start out freestyle and they just don't give up. And you know, eventually, you know, you get to you a get point it. where your wordplay and everything is. It's good, you know. So it, it's just, you know, again, practicing, practice made perfect, you know, stay consistent, you know what I'm saying? And you'll get it, you know, definitely. So when you talked about, you know, continue being consistent, this is something you've done since you were nine years old. Have you experienced disappointments in this journey? Oh, yeah, most definitely. So, man, oh, man, I can write you a red carpet of disappointments, you know. And times that I also wanted to give up, you know, and it's times where I actually like stopped doing music, you know, just because like it wasn't there no more or, you know, my family wasn't happy with me doing that. You know, it's it's a lot to it, man. So I've had many, many disappointments, a lot of bridges being burnt with other people, you know, and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, I hate to say it, but it's a grimy game, you know what I'm saying? So... So what do you mean by it's a grimy game? Because like, again, a lot of young people, a lot of people are li- you know who listen, they don't know what you mean, right? They come into it very, you know, uh, people are very focused on the dream, mm-hmm. on what this could take and do for them. Right. They don't see the sacrifices that's required or right. the pitfalls along the way. So when you say right. it's a grimy game, what do you mean? So basically, like I give you a perfect example. I went through this uh, the end of two, two thousand nineteen. Um, I performed uh, at a show and I was invited there, told if I was going to bring a certain amount of people, you know, I'll get in to perform free and my people will pay a certain number, you know, when we get there, the number was higher than everybody was expecting, you know, my bottle, my section, I had to pay for double sessions because I had too many people. I didn't get placed in, in the event, you know, out of the 10 artists, they didn't even place me. You know, stuff like that, man, you know, like, because, and I really feel like it's just because they didn't know me, you know, nobody there knew me, the promoters, nobody knew what was going on, where I came from, you know, oh, he brought a lot of people, man, we can capitalize off of that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, so, you know, it's a lot of stuff that you have to look out for, you know, promoters telling you, hey, man, I can get you a a sit-down with bigger ranking for 250 bucks. You know, you give them the money and nothing ever happens. Yeah, that's what we call pay-to-play in this industry. Like, you know, I'm an actor, so I've paid casting directors for their workshops Mm -hmm. thinking this is an opportunity for me to get in front of this person and then nothing really pans out. So definitely. that so, you know, is grimy. It's grimy. It's, <laughs> it's a real grimy game. You just got to trust your gut. You know, you got to go with your first instinct and, you know, just just run with it. You know, if you lose, you got to be willing to learn how to take an L sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and just keep going. Don't give up. What motivated you to get back on your grind? Uh, my kids. You know, I do everything for them. You know, when they hear, they hear my music, Man, they go crazy, you know, they know every word for word, even my two-year-old, you know, he walks around, the music's not playing, he's singing it, so, you know, it's just the the big motivation just to, you know, see them doing that, you know, it's just, 
it lights up a fire in somebody, man, you know. So. And you're their superhero. Yeah, so you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I love it. Would you want any of your children to go into the music, music? industry? Most right. definitely, man. Um, my, my oldest daughter, she's into dance. Like, she loves to dance and pageants and stuff like that. Um, my son, man, he, uh, he loves to rap. You know, he's trying to write now. He's six. Wow. You know, he's trying to write now. And then, uh, my, my, uh, my third, she, uh, not so much. She, she don't really like it, but my two-year-old, man, he sits down with me in the studio and actually watches me work and, you know, try, he knows how to play the space bar, you know, when he wants to hear the songs, you know. So it's definitely gonna be there, you know. And so we're definitely gonna dig a little bit deeper and question you a little bit more about the family side of what you do and how that fits in on our, on tomorrow on Tuesday. But I think it's time to kind of dig into some things happening. You know, since we've been on break, we've had a lot of things happen. Tracy, it's been a very busy time in the United States of America, starting with the threat of war. Uh, starting with the threat of war. So we had uh, the United States military under the direction of President. Donald Trump, your president, Nico, uh, take down the uh, Iranian, the, the second in command for the nation of Iran, um, uh, Soleimani. Uh, so I completely, you know, it's such a challenging name. So, but it, it, you know, not, he can't get mad at me at, you know, really mispronouncing the name. He did. You know, yeah. he, he was blown to bits. He was attacked in Iraq. And this is, uh, many people were surprised and taken aback. What, what were your initial thoughts on that, guys, when that happened? We were going to die. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> my initial thought was we're going to into World going War Three. Going into, really, you know, that was t- trending. Right. World War Three was all over Twitter, talking about <laughs> World War Three. Now, you, you really think it's going to be a World yes, War Three? because all of the signs are there. Australia is on fire. You know. One billion animals dead. I, and so barbecue koala. You know what? You were well, yeah, because they have those koala bears and smoked kangaroo. Yeah, and bar- you know, barbecue koala, smoked kangaroo, and flambe platypus. <laughs> They're dead. But you, so you're concerned. So I was like, you know, it's warm here in Atlanta during right. you know these winter months. And it's it's warm in January. This, I was putting all. The it's signs. always warm in the south. Yeah, in January. I was putting all the signs together. For the end of time. Yeah, and plus we've lost a lot of our allies, people that I feel like oh, yeah, most definitely want to help most us. Definitely. And I'm like, oh, we're going to World War III. Yeah. This man did not consult with anybody. And that is what Michelle Obama was saying when she gave that speech. Like, there are some important buttons that are at this man's reach. And we've got to make sure that we vote wisely. wisely. And I don't think we thought about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. I think everybody just picked him because, you know, he come from money, you know, and he they feel like he can get something done, but in our reality, you know, you ain't doing nothing but screwing us in the end. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, he, he he was, I think, Nico, he was meant to screw you and Tracy and me and every person of color in this country. I, I, President Trump was elected by a white nationalist base yep. on the promise of making America great again, which really translates over into making America white again. It was projected in 2000, I want to say in, in, in 2003, that by 2040, America would be a minority-majority country with our Hispanic brothers and sisters being the largest uh, group of the American population. President Trump was in many ways elected to stop that and then to re 
marginalize black people back to the periphery where they will be perhaps more obedient, more subservient, and more inclined to do what uh, white racist nationalists want them to do. That's why we see this uptick in crime against black people. That's why you saw in West Virginia a whole entire group of police academy graduates doing a Nazi salute. Not that this is new to the police force, not that this is new to some parts of America or parts of the governing elements of America, but, but that's what we had happen. I really have thought a lot about this and I'm gonna kind of go a little back in time and share a conspiracy theory that I really wouldn't share often, but I am gonna share it now. First time I share it. I actually believe that President Trump and the Ayatollah of Iran worked together to make this happen. If you remember back when President Trump was first elected, he talked about his friendship with the Ayatollah as well as his friendship with Kim Jong-un, Rocket Man. And every time President Trump is in trouble, he goes and has a back and forth with Kim Jong, Kim Un, threatens war. And now that's been played out. I think that he's going back now with Iran because this happens very conveniently at the moment of impeachment. Why? Mm. Yeah, and it, I think it was very, it was strategized Correct. very well. And in addition to Soleimani being the number two uh, leader in Iran, he's the most loved public figure. The Ayatollah of Iran is 80 years old. Typically, in these nations, someone seizes power by overthrowing the sitting leader. It's very much, unfortunately, a type of dictatorship. Soleimani was in position and could at any time take the current leader, the Ayatollah, out and become the leader in the new Ayatollah of Iran. I believe this could have been a coordinated effort to come back and then unify. You take out this man's issue. You also support yourself and take out and reposition yourself for re-election. We've never had an American president at war not win re-election. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump is certainly in danger as the majority of Americans being polled currently support his impeachment. So that's my conspiracy theory. It could that's be completely, my, my you know, <laughs> it could be nowhere, but I firmly think there may be some validity to it. Hmm. I, I, I really do think that, like you said, this was a ploy to get re-elected. Right. Um, my issue is not, I'm not debating that Soleimani wasn't a dictator or mm-hmm. wasn't a bad guy. There, there but is a, yeah, there is a way in which you go about handling situations like this. And Donald Trump just does not consult people when he's when he wants to do something. He does not consult the head of this or the head of that. I saw something, I'm, I'm gonna have to find it when we go on break, but I saw something where all these positions in the White House are vacant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your security head major security, positions have been vacated. Like they're they've been vacated for months. There's nobody Donald to answer Trump. to yeah. but himself. So yeah. well, that's not, that's, he has people to answer to. He should have a legislative branch of the of United States government to answer to. That is your House of Representatives and your United States Senate. But the problem is that Republicans are so afraid of not winning re-election that they're unwilling to stand up to him and they're also unwilling to do what is right for the American people. And as a result, democracy suffers and fails. Nico, you know, you talked about, you know, being a father to four earlier uh, in our, our, on our Monday podcast. You know, what do you tell your children as they question you about, you know, President Trump? 
My kids okay. really don't know about, you know. How old is that old? She just turned seven. Okay. Okay. She just turned seven okay. on the eighth. Um, so oh, happy birthday. Eighth of January. Look happy. So she doesn't really, you know, none of them, they really don't get into all that, man. They too busy playing with toys and stuff like that. So they don't really know what's going on. Good. They're being kids. Right. Like they're supposed to be. Being kids. And, and another, you know, just, I hate to keep hopping on conspiracy theory, but the fact that you bombed a United States uh, military base in Iraq and killed no one. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and then you lied about it to your people in Iran on state television, to me, goes further to say this is all set up in a ruse to appease people, but n- not really cause any harm to the United States. Yep. Mm. And so, you know, in addition to that, we also, over the holiday, of course, I guess the main thing is that, you know, President Trump was impeached. Just uh, on Sunday, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, has had a lot of flack about this, lots of questions. It's a big news issue. And no matter what, she says today that President Donald Trump has been impeached and he will be impeached forever. Mm-hmm. Impeachment, of course, doesn't mean you get removed from office, but it means the fact that you have had articles of impeachment brought against you and passed by the United States House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Only three presidents prior to Donald Trump have had that and is on his record. And that's going to follow this man for the remainder of his life and to infamy. We still talk about Andrew Johnson mm-hmm. as the first president to be impeached. And we know nothing else about Andrew Johnson other than the fact that he replaced Abraham Lincoln and then he got impeached. And I hope that in a hundred years, that's all we know about Donald Trump is that he came after America's first black president, one of America's greatest presidents, and then he was impeached. After winning the Electoral College, but losing still the popular election to to what should have been the first female president of the United States of America, should have been President Hillary Clinton. I, I don't think that he even cares uh, that he was impeached right. at this point. Right, right, I right. mean, because, let's think he about it. Everything's fake right. news. He does not care about numbers. He doesn't care about facts. So to him, this is just a, a rule to, you know, get him... On social media more. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> more social media, more This good for him. This is good. He operates under the guise of, you know, uh, if they're not talking about me, then I'm not doing anything. He's not but if they're talking right. about me, good or bad, right. it, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm in the media just as long. So, you know, and speaking of President Trump, Nico, we had also, you know, uh, fellow rapper Kanye West has come out in large support of President Trump. What were your thoughts? And in addition to that, his wife, Kim Kardashian, has done a lot of work with President Trump on criminal justice reform. Any thoughts on Kanye and Kim's work and their support of your president, Donald Trump? I can't even rock with Kanye's decision, man. To be honest with you, I can't do it, man. So I don't even, I don't even get into all that, you know, because Kanye on some other stuff with that. You know, it, it's frustrating because I was a huge fan of Kanye. I lived in Chicago for twelve years, so to us, he was the man. But right. now to see him. Yeah. Go from being someone who's an advocate for the black community, who was an advocate for, you know, just people of color and the injustices within our community, period, to see him go from that to supporting someone who's against all of that is just kind of odd to me. Like after his mom died, it was kind of like everything shifted in the opposite direction. Right. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be opposite today. This is going to get me sick. And he actually, if you think about it, he operates a lot like Donald Trump. 
Yeah. I can say the opposite. I was gonna say, I, yeah, Donald Trump's a perfect artist. Yeah. You, know, you do stuff to be seen and stay relevant. You yeah. Know? Donald Trump is a Gemini. Kanye West is also a Gemini. I'm just saying. No, it's Africans Geminis. Are you a Gemini? No. Oh, I'm just telling you that. <laughs> I'm just telling you that those two they have that in common. So uh, you know, I guess going from Donald Trump to Kanye West as we talk about rappers, let's talk a little bit about Lil Boosie. Uh, Tracy, why did you make that uh, exasperated side? Because Boosie went out, wasn't an Atlanta Hawks game? He, he was, yeah, sitting, he, he was yeah. on the floor. It was an Atlanta Hawks game, their color is red. Yes, and he was wearing a Kappa Alpha Psi sweatshirt. Okay. And a Kappa Alpha Psi is a, a member of the Divine Nine, an African American fraternity that was that has been here since 1911. Indiana. Yeah, University of Indiana. My dad is a Kappa, so I know a little bit about Kappas. Yeah, and so when Boosie decided he was going to wear this shirt, although he is not a Kappa. (laughs) I think it's crazy. For me, this is how I see it. You don't go into blood or crypt territory wearing their colors and throwing up their signs. To me, that's, that's very similar. I see many young people on TikTok Walk. Yes, they are teaching people. You, did you know that they teach them to see walk? Yeah, not many of them are not black, but they don't probably know what a crib is. <laughs> the young white kids who are crib walking, and they're showing you how to crib walk, although but they don't know what a crib walk is. My issue is, he's saying, well, they dance to my music. Well, all the fraternities dance to his song and other people's songs. So now we got to get permission to dance to your songs. I don't think you can't. There's no parallel. There is a membership intake process that goes on in fraternities. You know that. Sororities, they have a membership intake process. Any organization of that sort, what, 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 what the diamond, what else? The Order Eastern Star, and what, who? What's Masons. The Masons. You have to have a membership intake process. So, why would you think it's okay for you to wear the shirt? And I don't buy that he didn't know, that he thought it was fly. I think it was a marketing strategy thing, you know, could be, you know, something for, you know, the publicity, publicity stunt, you know what I'm saying, to get attention. You know what I mean? Like, When's the last time Lil Boosie had an album? Um, he's got a song out now. He has a song yeah. out. Oh, he has a new song out. It's new? I mean, I listen to it. I just don't yeah. wipe me down. I mean, what else? <laughs> I just don't wipe me down. It's a feature, I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, from, I've been watching Boopsie, you know, um, here and there a little bit, you know, so he's been doing a lot of features lately, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think he just dropped something, though, uh, that was like his own project. But, mm-hmm. You know, he's been doing a lot of hot features as of late. So, you know, it could have been publicity. Uh, he's gotten a lot of publicity about it. He has a lot, people are talking more about him now than I've heard talk of him in two years. Mm-hmm. I think the only time I last time I heard of Lil Boosie, he was on some rap snacks. Uh, he yeah. has a brand of rap, maybe Lil Boosie Lil barbecue. Boosie, yeah, barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> Lil Boosie, Lil Boosie barbecue on the rap snack. What? So you know, I had no clue. Have you had a rap snack? I haven't, but I've seen it. Yeah, it's pretty I've good. You know, we have, yeah, we have this, yeah, we have snacks. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a, you a white cheddar popcorn um, as a snack. So, Nico, do you feel as though? Booth, do you feel as though artists should be able to wear the paraphernalia of these organizations, especially considering how these organizations turn around and use the music for, of these artists? 
Because I, it's I, true, I, many Greeks do stroll to. I dance to it. I mean, I, I feel like you know, if it was me, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna wear what I want to wear, no, no matter what anybody think about me. You know what I'm saying? If I feel like that shirt go with these shoes, you know. So you don't um, think there's a level of respect though to be had? Because these are community service organizations. They're about service and scholarship and all of this stuff. And they have put in the time. And here you come in a Omega Sci-Fi shirt. Yeah, they put in time and they've also probably (laughs) taken, they've made other sacrifices. They've taken their, they've earned their stripes. We'll say that, you know. I mean, but you know, that that's just, you know, like I said, I think it's just a marketing thing, you know. Like But his brother's a captain. Maybe he's always looked up. Is a younger brother, older brother? I don't know. Regardless, maybe he's always wanted to be a member, but you know, didn't. But on the other end of it, I think it can also harm him, PR wise, because right. to me, every organization then say we're going to cancel nah. Little Boosie, and we're right. no longer going to support him. We're not going to listen to his music. They only let him play at our parties and events, and that could have a huge negative consequence. It could. I saw a lot of people taking up on it's not that serious and right. it came from a lot of people who do not really know about the fraternity and sorority culture and what they mean to our communities and so maybe we need to do a better job at bridging the gap between right. these service organizations right. and the community because I know at one point I would say well where are they you know I see them strolling but I don't really see them doing the thing but they are I know they are because um, I have friends who are part of these organizations, so maybe being a little more visible outside of stepping or probate shows or strolling, maybe we need to bridge the gap between those. And it's twenty twenty. This is the perfect. I mean, social media is everywhere. There's no excuse for right. any organization to not have high levels of visibility about their work and their advocacy and what they do. I think it's great. Uh, way to end Monday's episode yeah. uh, I'm excited to continue and have you back with us Nico and Most definitely definite. I know you're bringing a guest with you Most to definite. kick us off in the morning on Tuesday so thank you guys for joining and thanks to everyone who downloaded thank you Most so definite. much thank you check you in the morning me,